Here we go. And you guys get to see the behind the scenes because yeah. everybody, Cause not everybody. We have to, no idea what we're doing sometimes. Yeah. You guys can see the sausage making. We already broke a microphone. Yeah. We broke a microphone on the first guest. Sorry, the Sam. Guest we had today. We've already broken Ooh. your stuff. And Kyle broke your stuff. Sam and Kyle, if you're out there, sorry for breaking your stuff. Yeah. You'll get an email from me later. Um, so, uh, Mike, we are today, uh, this afternoon, we're talking about something different. No, the same thing as we talked about this morning. Yeah, similar. It's pretty much the same thing. We're going to debrief Yeah, the conversation we had earlier with um, with Phil. Yep. And uh, so earlier, if you guys um, – actually, it's going to be – oh, see, that's supposed to be the second part of the month's episode. We might have to switch Phil to the first. That's fine. Half of the month. And this will be the second yeah. episode of the month. Okay. So uh, we're doing the August um, August podcast. And um, so August, this, this will be the second part of August podcast. Yep. And, uh, and so – we talked initially about, we talked about freedom because it was Independence Day. Yep. And uh, what did you do for Independence Day? Um, I hung out with my family and a bunch of our friends. Uh, Tuesday night is kind of like our regular get together with friends from our church. Cool. So we just kind of kept that rolling, except we added smoked meats yeah. of various kinds, mostly brisket. Yeah. Because my friend is an amazing meat smoker. Amazing. And then we launched a bunch of fireworks in the neighborhood. Right on. Fun. So kids love that. We we didn't do any fireworks, but I did find out what happens if you put brats on the um on the uh, on the grill and forget about them Ooh. for like two hours on high. <laughs> no, seriously. I was like my sister um, sister in law. She came in. She had to work that day, so she came in, and I'm, <clears throat> I'm like, I got you. You know, I'm gonna get you some brats. And so went out there and threw all the rest of them on. And, um, and then, uh, she didn't say anything for a long time, which is weird. And, and, um, I was just hanging out and everything. And of course I just forget about stuff. Like, seriously, I'll, I'll put someone under the RO faucet and I'll just sit there and let it overflow. Cause I just forgot. <laughs> I just, if I'm not thinking about it, I'll forget about it. Yeah. Open that thing up. I will, first of all, I found my phone. It was like overheating. I'm about to shut down. Oh, I'm like, no. Whoa, this is hot. Open it up. I'm like, did I have anything on here? Because I'm looking around. Is and it I'm gone? I'm expecting it to be, it's almost gone. Yeah. And so it was It was so black. And so I ended up, um, I turned it off and I'm like, Fran, yeah. bad news about the brats. And then I just, um, how I got rid of them was I just like broke them into the, <laughs> into the grill. I, I like tried to pick them up and it's just like ash, yeah. it was literally ash, not an ounce of liquid Yeah. in that thing, Yeah. in those things. And so. Um, well, they were well done. <clears throat> uh, yeah. Just not were, done well. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and so don't trust me. Don't invite me over to cook on your okay. grill. So, okay. um, the, uh, but the one cool thing we did though, is I told everybody like every, um, everybody had to bring every man over 20 or over 18 or whatever, every adult male had to bring some, like a, a, a speech or some, or a poem, okay. a patriotic poem. Right. And we're going to recite them at three thirty. And so, and if you know That's anything awesome. about me, like when nobody, when my wife's not around to like be nice to everybody, I'm like three thirty, get in there, everybody, we're getting going, you know. Yep. And so it was like ten minutes to three thirty. I had my little alarm go off and everything. I'm like, all right, guys, let's go, you know. So I had my <laughs> brother-in-law bring his video recording equipment. Anyway, so I read Patrick Henry's um, "Give Me Liberty or Give Me Death" speech. Ooh, that was so fun. That's awesome. I felt like such a patriot. That's awesome. It was amazing. So I think we're gonna do that um, for. 
henceforth okay. on the Fourth of July. I like if, that idea. That's a really cool idea. Yeah, yeah, you know, and um, women can do it if they wanted to, but I was just like, you know, men, you need to, you need to come also, you know. <laughs> so. so anyway, um, so you want to you want to hear an interesting tangent yeah. about citing patriotic documents? I always want to hear your tangent. Yeah, my tangent. So, fun. <laughs> so I, I was on Twitter uh, the day after I think July fifth, and I saw NPR their account. They on July fourth basically broke up the independent uh, the uh, Declaration of Independence, and they just quoted it word for word over a series of tweets mm-hmm. over the course of the day. They got trolled so bad because people thought that they were inciting revolutionary, uh, like, like political dogma against like Donald Trump against Donald like Trump. I think I saw something about that. Yeah. And then, and then of course, everybody was like, you know, it was like, oh, people, these people don't like the Constitution and stuff. And it's like, yeah, it was, it was just kind of crazy. Like, it got crazy. crazy. I read a lot of comments and all the back and forth in the tweets. Yeah. And it was like, wow, this is amazing. See, I didn't know they did the whole thing. I thought they did the whole I only thing. heard like one part where it was just kind of like, you know, uh, no, they were just tweeting over the course of the day. They tweeted the entire Declaration of Independence. And obviously, mm-hmm. you can only put 140 characters in each tweet. So mm-hmm. some of them were very, like, you know, taken out, not taken, taken out of context, right. but they stood alone. Right. And it was like, yeah, if you didn't know that was that was the Declaration of Independence. I mean, if you think about it, what is the Declaration of Independence? It's, it's the statement of rebellion, mm-hmm. right? It's a statement of... We no longer acknowledge the government under which we live. It's the breakup letter, man. It's the breakup letter. But it's a pretty violent breakup letter, right? <laughs> I mean, it, le- it led to a seven-year war. So was it seven years? I think so. Oh, four? Ah. Pardon me, all you history teachers out there. Let's scratch that from the butcher. Re- we're live. I don't remember. Was it seven? Was it four years? However long it was. is that All I know that is the, the length French of the saved our butts. Yeah. That's what I know. That's what I remember. Well, and, um, if it weren't for the French... United States of America as an independent nation would probably not exist. So you and um, I would have British accents. <laughs> and how bad would that really be? I don't know if that would be that bad. Would, would I sound that much more intelligent? It's like going See, to British Columbia and talking to anybody over the age of fifty. They all have like British accents up there. Oh, really? If you're yeah. like a right. bit older, uh-huh. yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I feel like that would that would significantly help uh, my credibility. If I had a yeah. British accent. Um, <clears throat> so uh, we do have an icebreaker question, though. Uh, Mike, would you rather breathe underwater, be able to breathe underwater, superpowers, <clears throat> what we're talking about? Would you rather be able to breathe underwater or have the gift of flight? Oh, oh this is tough. I think I'm going to have to pick flight. Even though breathing underwater would be really cool, the ability to go anywhere except underwater <laughs> within our atmosphere, I assume, <laughs> would be pretty cool. Yeah, I feel like I, I, I'm, I'm going to be devil's advocate just because we can't both say flight, yeah. even though because flight is like, it's like, yeah, I think it wins. It's it like Superman. Win. It's like boring, but it wins, yep. you know? But um, at the same time, going the Aquaman route, I guess, I, I think 
I, I think what I'd want to see along with that gift of being able to breathe underwater is being able to withstand pressures underwater. Mm. That's something I probably should have added to this, but um, I'd want if if it came with being able to withstand like some. I think for the sake of argument, let's let's include some that. atmospheres. Yeah, yeah, so I can go down to like the. You can swim anywhere you want. The trench, underwater. the whatever the Mariana Trench. Uh-huh. I think it is the deepest cool. part in the ocean, and be able to see some of the you know. Uh, sea life down there that'd yeah. be pretty that'd be pretty fun if you could just go down and just withstand pressure i think i think for me so i i actually have a little bit of a phobia with open water mm. and so i think that would negate my superpower <laughs> i'd be like <laughs> so be like yeah i can swim at the beach for as long as i want but i don't want but i don't want to go any further than that <laughs> like yeah. deep sea diving just oh man that freaks the crap out of me yeah, I think I think the only reason it freaks me out is because I wouldn't be able to breathe. Yeah, that's not my Which problem. Which is that's my problem is issue. what is underneath me. I don't know. Mm, I'll see. It's fascinating. At any moment, something could brush my feet, and yeah. then eat me. That's true. Yeah. But see, you could put on fins, and you could. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. Those. I was going to yeah. say sky's the limit, but that totally screws up. <laughs> <laughs> screws up my analogy. <laughs> the trench is the limit. Yeah, right. The, the bottom. Tre- is... The floor is the limit. The, s- the lava. The lava. So, um, okay, so now that we have that settled, and I think I think in the end I would say, like, how f- – and also maybe how fast can, would you be able to fly? I think that would be also another another uh, yeah. factor within that. It would. I think, like, if I could swim – or, sorry, if I could fly – as fast as I can run, I'd be pretty cool with that. I don't yeah. need I don't need to actually fly super fast. Yeah. Although, you know, a six hour flight not in an airplane would kind of suck. Yeah, but you'd be able to move your legs around probably. Because I'm True. just imagining like yeah. uh, like Superman. Do the, do the backstroke. You wouldn't. Yeah, backstroke. <laughs> yeah. Read a book. Read a book. Um, I don't know. Sitting position. Play Angry Birds. <laughs> Meditate. You know, and you can just leave it on, and you don't have to do go too high so you could yeah. probably get uh 4g you know whatever, <laughs> you know lte yeah. so um yeah so you could probably talk on the phone and stuff and i don't know could be could be pretty good um as long all, as it doesn't drop to like edge network I'm, I'm i'm okay yeah yeah that's that's where you draw the line yeah that's okay. where i draw the line all right so um good so i think i'd rather fly as well and um because you just get places faster even walking places you get too fast because you'd be able to fly a straight line walk yep. a straight line so, um, so don't know what that has to do with Arizona, but you know what? Sometimes it's not about Arizona. It's true. But not everything is about Arizona. Yeah. But, um, but let's we'll make try it, to find a way to twist it. Yeah. Let's make it about Arizona. Yep. I mean, would you be able to fly not as fast because you're, um, cause it's so hot or, you mm. know, would the heat affect your, I'm sure it air? would at some level. Yeah. Cause, but then cause I also hot. don't have to worry about like tons and tons of thunderstorms all the time. Hot air is less dense, by the way. Hmm. I mean, you knew that. I mean, I don't know if you knew that, but um, that's why this sometimes when it's 120 degrees, those Bombardier planes they don't they don't they can't take off. Okay. Because um, yeah, it's I learned that in Iowa when I was at the operator performance lab because we had jets and um, they were like, yeah, you know, it's so much easier to fly when it's f- super freaking cold, like huh. 30 below. It's a lot easier to fly because the air is a lot less dense. More dense. More dense. It's denser. Okay. And so, anyway, a little fluid dynamics. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, trivia for you. So, 
Today we're going to talk about why do Arizona people seem to like freedom so much. Hmm. Arizona people. Arizona. Whatever that means, Arizonans. Um, why do we like freedom so much? What are some examples of some freedoms? Yeah. That we have here that. So, so we talked to Phil earlier. I, I don't want to interrupt. Yeah, no, no, no. Kind of we can start with what? a little bit. We talked with Phil and he was talking about business. He was comparing Arizona to New York where he's from. Yep. And he was saying that here there's, there's freedom in the sense that you can get more for less, right? Yep. That's not necessarily like qualitative until you start realizing, oh, I can scale, right? Mm-hmm. I can scale my business a little better. There's also um, like fire firearms. I don't want to steal all the examples, sure. but firearms. And, and for Phil, he um, runs a company called Salt, The Salted Earth, uh, and and so and that's dry fire training exercises. And he's able to do a lot more here in Arizona than he is uh, when than he was in New York. Mm-hmm. And so, what other are there, are there other you know what other kinds of freedoms do we at least feel we have yeah. in Arizona? Um. He took all the good ones. I know. <laughs> I know. Now I'm saying I'm trying to. I mean, get... so there was this kind of like underlying conversation we had about tr- transportation, which was really interesting. It was something I hadn't really thought about as a freedom in Arizona, but because we're such a car-based transportation system, and especially in the Phoenix area, mm-hmm. um, and we're so spread out, sprawling, right? You kind of have to have a car to get around like public transportation is just not super efficient here. Right. And there's a freedom to that, right? Like when I want to go to the grocery store, I just go when mm-hmm. I want to like head across town to see somebody, I just go. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> on the flip side, we didn't really talk about this, but I, I thought about it near the end of the conversation about having a car itself may not be as big a freedom as we think it is mm-hmm. because there's a cost involved. Yep. Right? So there's like maintenance freedom cost. Isn't free. Freedom isn't free. <laughs> um, there's a cost, like there's an intrinsic right. financial cost, right? right? Like you got to pony up and pay for it up front or you got to take on some debt or, uh, and then there's maintenance costs with it. Um, there's, there's actually some, you know, inefficiencies with, with having so many cars only carrying like one or two people, mm-hmm. right? Um, and we're all we're all sharing that load of there's twice as many cars on the road as there really has to be mm-hmm. because of that. And so there's like maintenance costs to the road and stuff that we're paying for. So I don't know. There's the time in the car too, like you were saying. A, yeah, you lose that time in the car. So it's Although I'm very disciplined when I'm in the car, I consistently just rock out. That's a that's a good use of your car yeah, driving I'm, time. I'm extremely committed and focused, <laughs> so I use my time very well. I'm a disciplined air guitarist. <laughs> People probably wonder when they drive by. I try yeah. to like if I know someone's driving by, I try to like play a straight. You know, are you are you the guy that like drums on the steering wheel? Oh, sometimes I'm in a good mood and yep. I don't care what people think. Yep. But then if someone's coming by, I'm like, I don't want them to think I'm a weirdo, so I stop. <laughs> but then if there's nobody around, I'm just like, ah! <laughs> or my son's in the car. Oh, dude, we rock yeah. out, dude. He loves it. He has his own playlist and everything with, like, clean Christian hard music. So, like, thousand-foot crutch. And then, like, I have the tiger. He loves it. He does this. I have the tiger. Yeah, that's yeah, so, so rocking awesome. out. That's, what, yeah, that's the thing. That's so. great. <laughs> um, I mean, there's some, like... 
just intrinsic well not intrinsically there is just the reality of there's there's less regulation mm-hmm. in Arizona yep um, and no matter where you stand on regulation versus deregulation like just admittedly there's less here mm-hmm. um, so from a business standpoint there's just more things that you can do without having to check all the boxes right yeah and fill out the paperwork um, starting up I, I don't know for sure where we sit in all the states of like how easy is it to start a business but I've I've heard anecdotally that it's incredibly easy and I know from starting my own business that you know from a it's like a two-page piece of paper that you fill out and it's like 20 bucks and you can file with the Corporation Commission of Arizona and mm-hmm. have an LLC um, you know it's like that's incredibly easy and I know other states particularly like California where I have uh, friends and family have started businesses there and just there's a lot more boxes to check and the financial cost is higher so yeah. there's like a freedom to like starting things mm-hmm. that maybe Arizona has a little bit of an advantage over over right. other states well I was blown away because you when I when I moved here people were like oh yeah you know you don't have to go to the actual DMV you can yeah. go to these, you can go to these other DMVs that'll like they're yes, able the to do private some label DMVs and it's like they're like yeah it costs a little more but you don't have to wait in line and I had to I had to go to the real DMV because we had to change our plates to Arizona plates from mm-hmm. Oregon I was there for like six hours, six hours mm-hmm. out of my day. Like, are you kidding me? So if somebody can, you know, it's like ticket scalping. It's like, it's worth it. I mean, it's like yeah. buy from a scalper. If you don't want to stand in line, like buy it. Like if it's worth the extra money to you, do it, you know? And so it gives you, that's why a lot of like libertarians, you know, which is like kind of the Arizona little, Arizona little toward that, um, are like, who cares if people are t- ticket scalping? Who cares? Like, oh, it seems unfair, but it's not about it's not about necessarily, you know, like seeming unfair. We can't just police everything just because we think it is unfair. You know? <laughs> like, it, just let the free market work, kind of thing, you know. Yeah. So, and so there's, uh, yeah. And so I, I appreciate that a little bit about Arizona because it literally brings the cost down usually, you know. Mm-hmm. And so for like uh, companies uh, starting their businesses and being able to you know, start scale, you know, if there are cost savings in that, that's great. But to me though, it's, even though I I love those things to me, it's not good enough that it's just like a little bit of freedom. What is it about Arizona? You know, what is it about, um, or what does it give us? And I think what I love, what I liked a little about, about what Phil said was that he was talking about scaling and I, I felt like, yeah, in some ways that's incremental, but also in some ways it's also like a little more qualitative because if you plan on growing, you know, like all of a sudden that has meaning instead of just being kind of like, ah, it just costs less. Like, no, but you're allowed, you're able to, and it's, it's, it becomes this exciting thing and it, your vision can change based on that. And I feel like whenever your vision can change based on something, that's when you start getting to mm-hmm. the meaning. That's when you start getting to the qualitative part of it, like tough the needle. You know, talking about taking their, taking their whole staff somewhere, you yep. know, somewhere cool that, you know, as, as like for an all staff and not being able to afford that somewhere else. You know, that's yep. where it starts to mean something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, it's like, what is the value behind that? Right. What's the value behind wanting to save some money in one area? Right. Right. So like, I mean, that's a great example. Tough to needle. It's like, Hey, we want to save money, but it's not just about lining the owner's pockets. It's about reinvesting that into their people. Yeah. And I think that 
that's where like I get really excited because then it's about you know how can we live out our values more efficiently, mm-hmm. right? Because efficiency isn't bad, but you can have efficiency for efficiency's sake, and it just be kind. It just becomes this like like cycle of like let's just eke out every last dollar that we possibly can and you miss that there are efficiencies that will cost you in other areas right yeah like if you're going to squeeze every last every last second out of your employees you will find that at the end of the day your employees hate you and they hate what they do (laughs) and they hate coming to work which then actually makes them Inefficient. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and they're going to jump at another job, yeah. and you're going to now have the cost of having to ramp up someone yeah. new and pay for all the transition costs yeah. of hiring a new employee and losing your old one. Yeah. All the, all the, um, the, um, what do you call that knowledge? The, uh, the, the, yeah, the institutional, institutional knowledge. Institutional knowledge. Yeah. Right. All the institutional knowledge is now it's now left with them, whatever yep. they had. And so, um, and so it ends up, you know, costing. And I, I like that. I like that you pointed that out because. Freedom to me has to mean something besides just, you know, oh, now I can just do what I want, right? Because freedom to me is is has got to be constructive, and when it stops being constructive, that's when you have um, your freedoms taken away because that's when other people say, look, we have problems with freedom, and so we need to take the freedom away from those people because they're using it wrong, you know, and then and if they're really using it wrong, then you start losing freedom. And so there's almost like there's some responsibility, some some content of your character that you have to have. Yep. In fact, several forefathers said, you know, you have to have a moral country for this to work, right? Yep. So what does that mean? And so to me, to me, I think I think as a as a part of this conversation, I think I'm interested in figuring in, in understanding what that is, right? Yep. What is the moral component to that, and why do we need it? And so because it's going to tell us about Arizona. I mm-hmm. mean, if Arizona is really this you know, place where libertarians are especially happy, you know, um, <laughs> then, then, then what is part of that responsibility then? Yeah. What do we need to be, um, um, prune, uh, pruning? What do we yeah. need to be cultivating? You yeah. know, that kind of thing. Right. Yeah. And there's like, you know, extreme freedom is essentially, you know, extreme individualism, which leads to, you know, a whole lot of like a lack of sense of society and community. Right. You, you can take that mm. that path so far. I mean, it's way down there, right? But you can extend that idea all the way out to anarchy. Mm-hmm. I do whatever I want, right? So somewhere along that line, there has to be a check that says freedom, but we're not going to sacrifice something else. Yeah. And I think that's the question is like, what is that something else? And like, okay, maybe Arizona does have kind of this overarching personality of freedom, but what's the value that's driving that, right? Yeah. Because I don't think it's just freedom for freedom's sake. Because that's <clears throat> that's almost like a whole different idea. That's like, get off my back, don't touch me. Stay yeah. out of my bubble. I don't want to interact with you. And it's, it's interesting because I don't get that sense when I, like, interact with a lot of different people in Arizona. Whether they, right. whether they lean more libertarian or they lean more socialist, you know, in their terms of their economic or political views. It's like, at the end of the day, there is a sense of community in Arizona. There, I mean, even Phil said it, like this, the startup community here is one of the most giving communities he's seen within startup communities of different, you know, areas of the country that he's been involved in. And, mm-hmm. and I would agree with that. Like, I've even seen that from a graphic design standpoint, um, 
the design community in Arizona amongst many other communities across the country is known for being one of the most like community oriented ones, mm. which is really interesting. That it's like, there's this value of freedom as a, you know, as a community, but we still, we still desire community. We still desire this social interaction and giving to one another. Well, you know, it's interesting because I was watching, um, my wife likes these Alaska Bush people shows, you know, those shows yeah. like that. And, yeah, um, that's a good comparison right there. Well, yeah, because you have, you know, you have, and and I don't know, I don't mean to bash on any of those people, but this is a critique of, of living in isolation you yep. know, for me. I think um, even like, and I would say the same thing about um, monks, right? Mm-hmm. People who isolate themselves and, and they want to remain pure, but what are you remaining pure for? Who are you serving? You know, and you see that with these um you know, I'm, I'm looking at these, like, watching Alaskan bush people. I'm not even sure if that's the show. But these people, they're living in isolation. They live by themselves. And I'm just thinking, they're not, they're not, who are they loving? You know, who are they serving? And and are we here to do that? Now, I think, I think it's important, I think it's important to me to note that people have to be allowed to live like that if we have a free society. People have to be allowed to do that. But the question, I think, for the rest of us is, can if if most people are living like that, can we can we remain free? And that's my that's my question, and that's why that's why I'm I'm, I'm kind of questioning the moral part of that, and I just want to because I want to know like what is what is we can't tell everybody they have to be moral, but at the same time they have to be moral in order for us to have this society <laughs> because otherwise people are going to do what they want and they're going to say you can do whatever you want as long as it doesn't hurt other people, and then they're going to not understand how they're hurting other people by yeah. doing what they want. Yeah. And so yeah, makes, yeah, that's good. So I wonder why I, I wonder if maybe that is why when you talk to people in Arizona, people who choose to live amongst other people and choose to serve. I mean, my my, my ultimate I th- think the people I respect most are the ones who make themselves strong so they can serve other people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm wondering if maybe that's why maybe that's part of something that Arizona could be, you know, I don't know, known for potentially, yeah. you know. It's almost like a, a freedom to serve, right? It's not just freedom itself as the noun. It's like, what is the point of the freedom? Yeah. Right? To right. what end? Right. Um, yeah, because, I mean, in the end, maybe you, you have freedom. Maybe I'm imposing some of my own values. But <laughs> well, uh, so maybe I there's mean, people who don't want to serve. There have to be values in the conversation. That's yes, right? I mean, you know, otherwise, I mean, otherwise, what's the object? Right. Yep. And so... I think that's important. Um, you and I, you and I are slightly different politically, which is kind of nice, you know, uh, and balances out the conversation quite a bit. Um, but at the same time, there does have to be that why, right? Mm-hmm. There does have to be the object and um, in philosophy, what do they call it? Um, teleology, just mm-hmm. kind of like a reason for something. There has to be, you know, if there's no goal for anything, then I don't know. We're just talking about what we, what we like and what we don't like, right? <laughs> yeah. But if there's actually a real goal, then people should behave a certain way and yep. people should serve each other maybe, or maybe they shouldn't serve each other. I don't know. You know, I mean, that's the next question. But the first question is like, you know, um, what are we all trying to aim at? You know? And so I think that, I don't know if we can answer that, but it certainly can, it certainly I think is a philosophical necessity to any conversation about what a brand should be, you know? And so, um, maybe we should get, uh, I'll get to the questions. So why does this matter? Um, first of all, why it matters and Michael be interested in your thoughts on this. You can't just understand that your customers or employees do something. You have to understand why 
Um, and if you do, you have a better interaction with them. And so that yeah. translates to Arizona as a state, as a as a place to live, as a place that you might come to, like a customer who wants to come <laughs> live in Arizona, or um, or as a company that might want to come and live in Arizona, mm-hmm. or as a customer or company who might just say, forget you, Arizona, you know, and take off and go live in New York or something, or yep. California. And, um, so... Why does that matter? I mean, uh, is, is, is that statement true? You can't just understand that your customers, you know, um, do something. You have to understand why so that you can have that better interaction. Yeah. I mean, if you want to grow any relationship, you can't just look at behavior. You have to look at intention. Mm. Right. Okay. You know, if you've, if you're married or dating someone like it's one thing to know them in terms of their personality and behavior. It's another to go, I understand psychologically why they made that choice or why this happened. And it makes conflict a lot easier to address, right? When it's just about like, Oh, you did this and I don't like it. (laughs) Or you did this and I like it. Then it's like, yeah, okay. There's some level of like, okay, we can fix that issue or, we can repeat that good behavior knowing that there's a positive outcome, mm. but there's no empathy. Right. There's no understanding and there's no like, let's understand each other at a much deeper level. Yeah. And so like I look at all of business as just, it's another level of relationships, right? So a relationship between a company and its employees, which I think that's, that's a pretty amorphous, uh, like I think some people like to make this really big distinction between company and the employees and i'm like well you don't really have a company without the employees even though some <laughs> owners would like to say that employees make their company or their their job so much harder it's like well yeah but maybe they should go live in alaska yeah maybe they should go live in alaska <laughs> on the top of a mountain and they have to and meditate employees on their navel customers yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like man business would be so much better if i didn't have employees and customers yeah. to deal with all the time and i'd be like yeah, yeah. And what would you do? Yeah, yeah. Tell me again. <laughs> and how would the money come? Yeah. Like, where would it magically come from? Right. Robots. Yeah. Robots, Chris. Robots. That's true. Robots selling to robots. Automation, yeah. Yeah. You automate the buying and selling um, and the need. So it's like, I mean, it's all part of it. But I, yeah. if you want to look at customers and business, okay, there's a little bit more distinction there, but it's a relationship, right? Mm-hmm. And how can I best serve my customer if I don't understand? If I, I need to move beyond just what they do, but why they do it, mm-hmm. right? So that I can better serve them mm-hmm. with my next interaction, with my next customer support call, with the next product I put out into the marketplace, right. with the next communication that I send them and drop in their inbox. Because I want to know, like, I want to know the character of who I'm doing business with. Yep. I want to know the character of where I'm going to go live. Yep. And so companies, states, um, cultures, you know, when I when I decided to move here, I knew I liked sand. I like queen creek area you know i just liked it i like santan flat i like you know it's just kind of a cool area it represents what i like and so seeing that i could see in everything all through and through the brand of that area you know it's very independent and very um you know it's like a lot of cowboy you know like it's just very it's it's cool it's like it, i like it it's close enough to phoenix where there's good stuff going on but it's also you know out outside a little bit. so so I think uh, knowing our like legislature, knowing just kind of like what kinds of laws does Arizona make, right? So knowing the intention, like you were saying, you know, it's like your wife um, getting to know someone. 
I want to know why she did that because then I can I can understand her her overall behavior rather than just this anecdote of what she yep. did. Because taken in isolation, it could it could be a mischaracterization of who yep. she is. But if you look at um, you look at why she made the decision, you can understand why. Now you can understand what she's likely to do in the future and whether I should marry her or not. You know, yep. <laughs> kind of thing. And so, especially important in long-term relationships, this whole idea of brand, you yep. know. And, I mean, really, when we talk about brand, that's all we're talking about is, like, who is this person? Yep. That's all we're really talking about, <laughs> Yep. you know. Yeah, and the more personal you can be, right? <clears throat> like, it's one thing to say, hey, friend, I got you a, a birthday gift, right? And it's, like, a gift card right. to a pretty random restaurant versus, like, guilty. Hey, friend, I got you a birthday <laughs> gift. And by the way, I've studied you for the last three years of my life that I've known you. Mm-hmm. And I know that you love to fish. Yeah. No, like and you love to thing. fish at this one lake yeah. in northern Arizona. And you love to go every July. And so I got you, um, you know, this, whatever it is. It's a really cool fishing rod that... You know, fit, it's perfect for the way they like to fish, right. you know, and it's right. the kind know. of fish they want to catch, the yeah. kind of fish in that lake or yeah. whatever they go. And yeah. for them, that like becomes this thing of like, wow, this has so much more value, mm. right? Yeah. You're, you're giving value when you understand someone at a deeper level. Yeah. And what's interesting is that you could have just bought a fishing rod and you would have solved the, the intrinsic like baseline problem. Right. Don't have a fishing rod. Want to go up there and do it. Mm-hmm. But because you just made the effort and thought a little bit deeper about what the gift was and how they were going to use it and why they would want to use it, mm-hmm. you've created this like really valuable gift to them. Yeah. Um, and it's not lost on them. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> something they'll probably like it will resonate with them for a really long time. Right. Yeah. Every time they go fishing, they're going to think about that relationship they have with you and like. Mm-hmm. How caring that was to think through that. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that maybe that's part of it. Maybe it's, it's that understanding why is an expression of care. Mm. And not ex- understanding why is almost like saying, I just don't care. I don't care enough. I'm not going to invest in this. Yeah. So it's like, it's like someone moves to, um, someone moves to a new place and they don't want to, like, um, uh, social, organization or something like that you know they don't want to invest yet and they and it's almost like or like you get married well mm-hmm. say you get married you don't want to invest in your wife you know i mean um there's a lack of commitment and then a lack of value because you don't have you don't have the relationship and you know and you don't know how to move things forward you don't mm-hmm. care about moving things forward you know and so what's going to happen to that marriage you know what's going to happen when you move to that new place, you just don't want to, you know, and then you wonder why it doesn't work out, you know, <laughs> and you just didn't invest. You know, it's yeah. like they kind of reminds me of what they say about love being a choice, mm-hmm. you know, instead of just like, I just fell in love. I don't know what happened. It's like, yeah, but there's like that choice love where, yeah, when during the bad times, you know, sickness and in health, you know, do you choose to love or you're you just like, yeah, I just kind of fell out of love because I didn't need her anymore, mm-hmm. you know, and it's like you were just using her the whole time, mm-hmm. you know, kind of thing. And so there's that, there's that commitment and that connection that happens when you choose, you know, when you choose to know that they love to go fishing, you know, that, and that, you know, when you invest in that relationship and you make the choice to use your time and your thoughts, you know, and, yeah. and bend your thoughts on these, you know, on, on that person. Yep. And so, um, 
All right. So, so we talked earlier about, you know, what's the meaning of freedom. And, and so, and I think we covered that, you know, I think we did. I think we covered that pretty well. And, um, uh, but question number two is, um, and we covered this too a little bit. We might, we might be almost done. <laughs> but, uh, question number two is, is character necessary for people to be free? Hmm. Can you be free and self-serving? Can you be a hedonist or, um, you know, a stoic, you know, hmm. and, and, um, so to me, so, so I'll just throw this out there. There's a, there's a guy who's popular now, uh, Jocko Willink. Have you heard of him? I haven't. No. Okay. So he wrote a book called Extreme Ownership. Okay. And he's a Navy SEAL. He was a, he was a, uh, he was enlisted and then he went to OCS and became, uh, I think he retired as a commander. And, um, so he was a, and he wanted to be a, a commander because he wanted to, uh, he wanted to lead his men. He did, it wasn't like he was trying to get some kind of like, and you can hear it because he does a podcast and stuff and he wrote the book and everything. But, um, he's, he's really about other people when he's, he wrote this book, extreme ownership. One of the chapters in that whole book is discipline equals freedom. Hmm. And so, and he talks about that a lot. It's on t-shirts. If you look it up, you'll see Jocko Willink, you know, everywhere. And so, um, and it's not an entirely new concept, but, um, in fact, um, you can see it when you read uh, people like Marcus Aurelius. Mm. The and are you familiar? You're familiar with yep. um, and Seneca. The, mm-hmm. um, those are the two kind of big names amongst Stoic philosophers, and they're about denying yourself. Yep. So there's an interesting thing where, and and I see that a lot in Arizona too. I see people. I see a, a kind of uh, in Oregon. You see a little more hedonism. I think mm-hmm. where I came from, and I don't think that's a good thing. That's one of the reasons I moved away from it. And I'm not saying it's true across the board. Maybe yeah. someone can do a study somewhere or whatever, and that's that's fine. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the, the authority on it. But what I saw was more hedonism. What I saw was more um, let's experience let's experience life kind of the fullest. And what that meant sometimes was excess, you know. And I come down here and I see more discipline. I see more a little more stoicism. I see people trying to make themselves better a little more. And... Um, and so that's what I love about Arizona. And I feel, I feel that, that, um, that stoicism, that, um, uh, and let's talk about stoicism. I I feel like stoicism is, is, is part of that freedom. It's part of that discipline that equals freedom that makes us free. Mm -hmm. Um, I want to hear what you have to if you have any thoughts on that and we can talk about stoicism and what it means. It's not just like being mean That's not <laughs> stoic expression is not no no not, I, I, yeah does not inca- encapsulate historical stoicism meaning of yeah, sto- yeah. <clears throat> so yeah i mean like uh, intrinsically it's it's self-denial right mm-hmm. it's the discipline to say no to things that maybe in the moment gratify yeah but don't have lasting value yeah um and may may actually be of of harm in the long run mm-hmm. um and so yeah i, I would I would agree with that. I think I think there are ways in which both viewpoints can lead to uh, a wrong idea about freedom. So I think there are probably hedonists who would say, "Oh no, I'm living free, right? I'm doing whatever I want to do. I'm 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 living to my fullest capacity by experiencing whatever life is throwing at me and whatever emotionally I'm driven to do in this moment." And nobody can tell me I'm wrong. Yeah. Man, I'm free. Yeah. yeah. And a Stoic might say, uh, I must control every urge. Every urge is not good for me. And yet it's like, well, you know, if you've been running for three miles 
and you have the urge to take a drink of water, that probably actually is your body telling you, hey, I need that water, mm-hmm. right? So I think there's there's maybe a balancing act in that. And you can, like, and this is some of my own personal philosophy coming out, yeah. any ideology, um, and particularly any ism <laughs> that you adhere to, can become in itself enslaving. Mm. Because you can you can worship at the altar of the ism. Yeah. Right? You can say, I, I am so firmly bought in to this system that someone else has created, and therefore I must adhere to the system no matter what. And if it's really the purpose of life, then by all means, adhere to the ism. Yeah. But we're just saying that, you know. Maybe maybe ask that question first. Ask the question. <laughs> know, know what the ism is yeah. and know what the altar, where yeah. the altar is and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. And so, um, and so, uh, and, and, and just stoicism, um, stoicism is, is just, you know, um, so I, I promise I get to this. Um, it's, it's a lot about just denying, denying yourself, like you said, and, and, um, and so I do think that I do think that there are a lot of people who are Stoics um, or tend towards Stoicism that um, because they're denying their 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 selves, you know, then um, they make less selfish decisions, and so it makes them able to serve other people a little better. And uh, I can think of a lot of people in the past who have said, you know, deny yourself, you mm-hmm. know, and and um, and those people are people that we think, okay, yeah, like they, they put their money where their mouth was; they're not just telling yeah. us, you know, that kind of thing. And so, um, at the same time, they're, they're, they're necessary times of refreshing too. So it's like, um, are we, you know, the question then becomes what kind of health are we looking for? Is it about health? You know, cause I mean, you're running three miles, you need to drink some water. We're in Arizona, you'd be getting dehydrated or your body could be like, I tried to run a 5k and it was like in the 90, 90s. And I was like, my body is literally not cooling down fat as fast as it's heating up yeah. and I have to stop and walk, you know? Yeah. And so I've had those times before, and and I think that was a good decision. But also, there's there can be more than that too. It's not just health either, because there's some of us believe that the spirit is also important, you know. Mm-hmm. So that has to go into that equation as well. And, and I think the key is just understanding what we're about, and that tells us what freedom is for. To kind of bring it full circle, like those things tell us what freedom is for. And so, in a weird way, we almost have to be. You know, this day and age, people are like, oh, there's no right and wrong. You can't judge anybody. But at the same time, it's I think we're arriving at a truth that if 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 if, if right is, is still necessary in freedom, if there has to be a reason and that reason has to be true and mm-hmm. of value, then now we're back at the right and wrong thing again. And, and, and we're, we're now asked to be philosophers again, yep. you know, and be accountable to um, to philosophy, because if we if we're not, we're going to use that freedom to hurt other people. But our philosophy is going to be a blind, create those blind spots, and it's going to tell us our philosophy is going to say, "No, you didn't actually hurt them." You know, that's their own responsibility. You know, if you're like, you know, yep. uh, an anarchist maybe or or whatever, and so philosophy then becomes important again yep. with freedom. You know, it's inescapable. <laughs> so, all right. Well, so so uh, last point before we finish here, I think is. Um, what um, what what tool helps us to earn to earn our freedom? So if discipline mm-hmm. equals freedom, if it does, if um, if uh, philosophy, you know, helps us um, aim our freedom, mm-hmm. you know, what tools are necessary, you know, for us? 
Guns and speeches. <laughs> Guns and speeches. Uh, that's not a bad jump-off point, actually. Sorry. Because speeches are my fl- snarky. Speeches are philosophy. Speeches are philosophy. So, this, so they tell us. So the, these two things you just mentioned are emblematic of kind of two big areas, right? Yep. Because there's there's reality that we can test, which is kind of the guns thing. It's like you, if you're wrong about your philosophy about guns, you could die. Yep. Right now, and it's unforgiving. And there's not going to be this big like, well, let's consider that. No, you, that you're dead. You know, yeah. you're not considering anything. You know, unless you're in the afterlife. And so, um, but then the speeches are the philosophy, the testable, uh, logically testable words. You know, and and thoughts, thoughts that are expressed and and then, you know, made testable, put in black and white so they can be exposed and tested and shared. You know, with yep. with other people. And so I think you're kind of right. I don't know. I'm kind of. I'll go with that. <laughs> Guns and speeches. Guns and speeches. That's the mean, title of our podcast. Well, I mean, think. I mean, think about it. Like, like you know, the revolution. Yep. It was guns and speeches, man. Yep. It was kinetic warfare, and then also it was also the um, marketplace of ideas. Mm-hmm. You know, guns and speeches. And so, um, what kinds of you know? So those are the tools, maybe. But um, what are the things that help us get there? Mm-hmm. Maybe we just list off a couple of things, and then we. And then we call it a day. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, I mean, understanding your own worldview, I think, is incredibly helpful mm. for for earning freedom, right? I don't know that you can claim freedom without understanding what it is that you value and believe mm. and the way in which you look at the world, right? If, you, if you're ignorant, if you say, I don't know anything about anything, right. how can you claim freedom? We can always just say America. America. Just just do something and just be all. Yeah. America. Yeah. yeah. You can that do that. Seems I like think a that's cop what out, people but... do. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, you're, it's shallow. That's someone else's worldview, though. It's like, the... that's like saying, uh, you know what? I'm too lazy. I'll just, I'll just, I'll, gra- I'll, I'll latch on to America, right? This idea of someone else's idea of what America is. Well, you know, and I, 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 I think. I think the, the the conclusion of that, of just saying, like, ah, oh, here's how I was raised. I was just raised this way, you know. And I hear that in country music, unfortunately. And I like the idea of country music, but <laughs> this is a part that I don't like as much, you know. I like that statement. I like the idea of country music. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, Hansel. Remember Hansel? He's yeah. like, I like, he's like, I, lo- I love Sting. He's like, I, I don't really know his music very well, but just the fact that he makes it, he's like, I can't remember what he said, but he's like, I like that, you know. Um, I like the idea, uh, yeah, of Sting's music. So, uh, but just this, like, almost kind of reverence to how I was raised, as if mm-hmm. the, because I was raised that way, that makes it right. And that's not that's not a good flo- that's not good philosophy. It's yep. literally horrible philosophy. And it's I think I think man, I just think country music has some really great values in it, but it's not because that's way the way you were raised. That doesn't make it right. And so, being able to have um, what I saw. What I see, what I see in culture and people see different things. I see um, there was for a long time, you know, like when uh, there was a time in our history where Christianity was fresh and new and it was like revival. Right. It was what we called it. And people were just like becoming what they, they thought they, they were becoming free. Right. But then the 60s came along and we were like, we've been a Christian Christians for a long time. We don't need to defend it. We don't have to understand it. We're just Christians. It's just the way it is, how we were raised, you know. Yeah. And then, um, and then culture shifted. And then you, so you started seeing, um, a lot more like atheism, these really interesting ideas, like 
um, you know, Eastern, Eastern mysticism and things like that started um, because they were, they were new and because they knew they came over, they knew they were going to have to be defended. And so they, they, they put on, they, they, I don't they did the hard work. The show. They just like no. They you know, did the hard work to say this is why this is the way that we believe, right? And the Christians, they don't have, they didn't have an argument back, you yeah. know. And you and I are both Christians, so we're picking yeah. on something we both believe in, right? Yeah. But um, and so we were allowed, right? But anyway, uh, so uh, but but then then you start seeing that with um, so when I was teaching at the University of Oregon, some of those ideas that were very popular back then and were fresh back then are now tired. Yeah. And so a lot of these ideas that you see in pop culture. We're defending these things. We don't understand them. It's almost yeah. like a religion now. Like think a, think about like um, like uh, like at the uni- University of Oregon. If you talked about global warming, it wasn't like okay, well here's what we know. Here's the thing. They're just like no, it's good and and yeah, we should take care of the environment. And it's almost like how I how I would hear people talk about religion sometimes. You know, it's just this like and so and so now you're seeing that. And so and so I think that's why it's important. And this is kind of a long thing, but I mean, I think, does it make sense? I'm yeah, sense. yeah I mean, I'm going I'm to relate it back to brands yeah, in be, a moment. Yeah, be, be, because, because we're, we're now, like, um, we have to keep that philosophy fresh or we're going to lose it. It's going to become yeah. tired and we're not going to be able to defend it. And then the challenger is going to come with something and it doesn't even have to be as good. Yep. And um, But it's going to seem fresher and it's going to have a fresh argument that we haven't heard before. It's going to be alluring. Yep. You know, and, and unless we know how to say, that's literally wrong because... Right, then it's going to be very difficult for us. If we don't have a philosophy or well read, you know. If we haven't thought about what we believe, yep. like you just like you said, if we say we hold to something but we don't understand why, there's a word for that. It's called dogma, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes. Right. And most people don't really like dogmatic people, right? And it's interesting because it, we're going through this process internally at Resound where we're we're really we've had these core values that we hold to. And we've had them somewhat defined and uh, we're wanting to further define them and live them out, right? right? What does it mean to live these out? And someone actually made, Nikki, one of our web developers, made this really good statement the other day. She said, I just want to make sure that we don't forget why we have these. Mm. And I was like, it took me a moment to like figure out what she meant by that. Yeah. And then it like clicked. I'm like, yeah, because I think you can... In our own personal lives, but also in the, the our brands, right? The mm. the organizations we we are a part of, we can go through this process and really understand like why we do things the way we do them, mm-hmm. understand the values that drive what we do, mm-hmm. and then we can get into the daily grind, right? And we're we're executing, we're executing, ex- executing, and then someone challenges us on our value, and we're like, well, but that's just the way it is. Instead of going, well, wait, 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 wait. They might still be wrong. <laughs> like we really do value. Let's let's use a you know a term that we like to beat up a lot. Quality. Okay. <laughs> in our in our in our uh, company, we we poo poo on the on the value of quality because what does that mean? It's just yeah. And I think it's what, like saying we're good. It's like saying we're good. Well, <laughs> yeah. uh, how so? How like, so? And does anyone that. else in your industry not say they're good? Like. Right, right. Who doesn't say that? Yeah, yeah. And so I think that is, that's like the good example of that is like saying, okay, maybe quality is good, right? Like that's a, that's a good value. There's nothing bad about that value. It's not Mm. a negative. The challenge is that why? Mm. Why do you have that value? Tell me what drove you to get there. Mm -hmm. Tell me what makes 
your decision-making come back to that over and over and said, no, that's not quality enough, right? Mm. Go back, go back and redo it, do it better, do it different, do it this way. Don't do it that way. Like, why is it that quality is being, you know, held up as dogma, right? Because there's some underlying reason that really is the core value. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the process that we all have to keep going through is like not being so tied to what we think we believe mm-hmm. that it becomes dogma to the point where yeah. we don't understand why we hold to it. Yeah. Like what was the purpose that drove, that got me here mm-hmm. in the first place? Yeah. So, <clears throat> so we apply that to Arizona. And so I love, I love that you're tying this back. Um, brand dogma. I feel like you could, we could say, oh, we could do a um, whole podcast on, on that. brand dogma. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. Or lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's I mean, the opposite. And, 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 and <laughs> yeah. And, and I think you had it America. perfectly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what it is. And so it's like brand dogma is quality service price. Yes. That's brand dogma yes. for a lot of companies. And it, and it makes you not a brand. It may, I, well, oh. I mean, okay. It's a commodity. Right. You commoditize yourself whatever. when you're trying to be like, you're trying to hit that baseline of what, no, nobody hits that baseline. Yeah. Nobody, nobody's quality service price. The best you can hope for is just to be like really known for like Someone in an industry like that says service, not quality price, service. We're about service. And here's what we do to back it up. And they build themselves around that. They're not going to be a price competitor anymore. And so that's why we care about this so much. And so we're talking about Arizona, you know, uh, we talk about freedom. And the question then becomes, um, and I'm I'm starting to feel like the question becomes now, it's the why, first of all, the why freedom. Mm-hmm. And, um, but then also the how freedom too, because yep. I think that if we forget why freedom, then I think we end up like a lot of places, um, in, you know, a lot, how a lot of people are thinking in the U S which is like, well, why not socialism? Why not? Why don't we just take the power from the people, put it in the government. And so the government can then bless the people. Right. And, um, Arizona's not that way. Arizona is one of the least that way places, you know? And so if we want to stay this way, um, how are we going to stand up as, as, as a, a state that actually does allows for people to do good with that freedom? Mm-hmm. And if we don't do that, then we're just going to be a place where it's just kind of like, it's just the desert. It's yep. just a place where they don't have any, it's the wild west, you know? And so I think that might be a good, what do you think, Mike? I think it's something we got to keep thinking and talking about. But I think we're getting somewhere. We I, feel, I really feel like this is developing well, you know? Yep. And so... uh so, so how do, how do we, how, what's our summary statement to end? Is, is that, is that a good summary statement? Like what is, what the, what and the how of freedom, um, if Arizona is really about freedom and we might have someone, a, a guest who says, no, it shouldn't be about freedom. It should be about socialism and we should make Arizona a place where there's, you know, actually more of that. Um, we, we might have that, but I think, you know, I think there needs to be a moral. Yeah. And there needs to be a moral and, and it might not be something everybody agrees on either. Yeah. We're going to find out what it is. Yeah. I think, uh, there's kind of this underlying theme that we're drawing out, which is a freedom to do something for others. Mm. Right. There's a, there's this idea of service and doing good for your fellow human beings. Can we, can we just make that an independent variable for this, like yeah. for this podcast and yeah. just say like, no, it's about other people. Yep. Can we say that? Can yes. we just say, hey, you know what? This look, we're gonna have a lot of different opinions on this show. Yep. But servant leadership is definitely at the middle yes. of, of everything. everything we're talking about. Yep. Okay. All right. Yep. It's a deal. Yeah. 
<laughs> so it's we like have, we yeah. have decided. We have decided. <laughs> the Arizona. This I like hereby do declare <laughs> speeches. I love it. Speeches and guns, right? <laughs> yeah. We had guns in the last episode. Yeah. People, yeah. people didn't see that. The but. guns and speeches. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I love. I love it. And I love that we can take a little bit of a stand on that. I hope it's not too controversial. I hope nobody finds too if much controversy it is, in that. then we're not the right show. Yeah, I guess Sorry. so. Yeah. And we're not the right state because we claim Arizona. Yeah. Let's, <laughs> Let's make all kinds of bold statements. Where's my gavel? All right. So, um, Mike, it's been a pleasure, as always, talking yes. with you. Um, always, How Chris. do people get a hold of you? Yeah. So, I'm Mike Jones from Resound Creative, brand agency here in Tempe, Arizona. Hit us up at www.resoundcreative.com. You can email me at mike at resound, R-E-S-O-U-N-D, creative.com. Awesome. How about you, Chris? How can uh, people find you? <laughs> yeah, so I um, I do brand and content strategy. I'm Chris Stadler, and uh, you can find me at, um, just email me at chris at chrisstadler.com or www.chrisstadler.com. Cool. All right, guys. We'll talk to you next time.